Welcome to the Far From Average podcast where we speak about topics and interview people that are far from average so you can take your business and take your life to the next level. I have a very, very special episode for you guys today. We're going to be talking about real estate wholesaling, real estate investing, how you can get started in real estate with little to no money. But before we get into that, I have to mention the sponsors, guys. A lot of you guys have been asking, how can I get more information on how to get started in these specific businesses? How can I get more access to the guests? How can I really become far from average and take my business and my life to the next level? I have an offer for all of you guys. If you guys want and are really serious about getting your business and your life to the next level, click the link either down below or wherever you're watching this and sign up for the Patreon, guys. We're talking about $10, $10. You spent $10 on your last gas station trip just trying to get some snacks. I'm trying to help you get to the next level with your business. I'm trying to help you get to the next level in life overall. Get more information on real estate investing, the the Turo car game, and all the guests that we've had in the past, get information on that. And my my course, the ebook accelerator, is all uploaded on the Patreon. So make sure you guys click the link either down below or wherever you're watching this and sign up for the Patreon. But without further ado, I just want to introduce our guest, Brandon. Man, it's Brandon or Brendan? Brendan. Brendan. My, my apologies, my apologies. But we're gonna have a really <clears throat> special episode, I think, this time around. But just go ahead and introduce yourself to the people. Yeah, so my name is Brendan Barry. I uh, run a wholesaling company in uh, Michigan. <clears throat> we primarily do um, single family. We are in a little bit of commercial, but um, yeah, it's a real estate investment firm out of uh, the Detroit area. Okay, okay. And we usually speak about, and we're going to get to how you got into the whole real estate space and how you got into entrepreneurship and everything, but can you kind of explain what wholesaling is because i i see so much of it on the internet on tiktok there's so much buzz about wholesaling like what is it and how are people people making so much money so yeah so i'll explain the concept first Uh then we can get into like the process i guess yep yep yeah um this was coming out okay yep yep all right cool yeah so what wholesaling is is basically um the concept of it is basically you are Buying distressed property, uh-huh. so distressed property meaning, you know, houses that are, you know, need a lot of work, um, uh-huh. won't qualify, usually they won't qualify for a loan, so there's not as much competition because you or I can't just go to a bank and get a loan on that property, it's, uh-huh. it's unlivable, so the bank won't finance it, it will not appraise, mm. um, and then so those homeowners mm-hmm. that need to sell their house, need to liquidate for whatever, you know, situation that they're in, they are limited to now cash buyers, Okay. Investors. So who who's who's buying your house cash? Who's buying a hundred and fifty thousand dollar house cash? Not many people. Usually if someone's gonna live in it, they're not gonna pay cash for a hundred and fifty thousand. They right. got cash for a house, they're gonna buy a lot they're gonna buy a lot more expensive house. Right. So those are all investors. Mm-hmm. So you're coming there as an investor and you're contracting the property. So you let's let's give a real world example be the easiest way is mm-hmm. if somebody has a house that they're selling for let's say eighty thousand dollars. Yeah. And you well you guys come to the agreement of 80,000, they're going to ask for more, but you come to the agreement at $80,000, uh-huh. you know that the house needs about $40,000 worth of work. They, they can't afford to do that. And so you know that the house will be worth 200 or 250 when you're, when you're, once it, you put the money into uh-huh. it, once you renovate yeah. it. After you put the 40,000 into it, it'll once be you put the 40,000 okay. into it, now it's not, you know, one plus one is not two in real estate investing. It's 80 plus 40 is not now, it's not worth 120. It's now worth about 250, mm. you know? So 
there's uh, there's room in there for you to make money. So if you get it to, get it under contract for eighty thousand dollars and you sell it to an investor for a hundred thousand, he puts in that forty. He's all in for one forty. Then he sells it for two fifty. Uh huh. After closing costs, he's walking away with almost a hundred thousand, mm. and you just made twenty thousand. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you're kind of middlemaning it. Now, you're what what made you get into it? Um, I always knew that I wanted to do something in sales, but um, I was just like more. I was more like. I was very like focused on my career when I was younger, when I was like 20, uh-huh. 22, around that 23, around that age. Uh-huh. And I was like really serious about like getting into an industry. I didn't really care what I did. I just was like, I want to go into an industry that has multiple different ways to make money. So like, I don't want to just, if I did solar, I didn't want to just do solar sales. I, if I did, you know, real estate, I didn't want to just do be an agent. Mm. I always wanted to see like, I liked the idea of real estate because it had like, if I, you know, I could be an appraiser, I could be an inspector, I could be a wholesaler, I could be, you know, right. uh, I could do rentals, I could be an agent. There's so many things, a loan, you know, mortgage yeah. maker. There's so many avenues. So that's yeah, why that's I true. real estate. And then like, I actually got my, I actually didn't get my license. I, I took the real estate course uh-huh. and then I also took the mortgage course. Uh-huh. I didn't take the test for either one. Cause I kept getting bad advice. I kept like listening to people that were in the game. So I, I would talk to someone that was in real estate and they're like, well, it's been eight months. I haven't closed a deal. And mm. I was like, well, yeah, I don't want to do that. Like, I don't, I don't want to be stuck in that situation. I taught somebody yeah. in mortgages. I remember I did my mortgage course and the teacher was like, the first day of class, she was like, let me just tell you that if you're in this business to make money, you're in the wrong business. And I was just like, what? I know what? so many people that make money. Though. I mean, I know, I know millionaires in the mortgage business and it's just bad advice coming from people that probably don't want extra competition. Dang. And so I, I, I didn't go through with that. I think one of the best things I could have done in my career was probably get started in something like that where yeah. I would learn the business. Hindsight's twenty twenty. Maybe I would have got comfortable. I don't know. And I wouldn't have started my own business, but yeah. Yeah. So I don't know, but yeah, that like led me to just kind of like start, you know, looking around for other things. I looked at a couple different options and then, um, in, I knew I wanted to do something on the investment side. Yeah. So I was like, all right, I'm just going to do, I'm going to figure this out. And, as I was like learning and more and more and more studying, I was I was a sales rep at Verizon. I was working there for a while. Uh-huh. Um, so and then like I went to a few seminars. I heard I, I listened. I heard about wholesaling. Yeah. But I never stayed around to like learn from from these seminars because I know kind of what the game is. They give you they sprinkle a little bit of information, then you want more, and then they charge you through the nose for that information. Yeah. So I just all kind of packages and stuff. Yeah. Upsell after upsell. Yeah, exactly. And that's what it was. Like I went to one, it was like two hundred dollars. I was it was a like three they day. They get you in. Yeah, it was a three <laughs> three day thing. I left one hour into the first day and they mm. they called me and were like well, we're going to offer you our mastery program and, and all this <laughs> stuff. And I was just like, no, I'm good, man. It was like twenty thousand dollars. Yeah. I didn't do it. So I just learned from YouTube. Yeah, that's crazy. So you learned everything from YouTube, YouTube and online. It, it took me a lot longer that way. Uh, yeah. Now that I now that I'm, you know, in it and I'm seeing people that learn from me and they're doing what I, better than I was doing at their age. You know, mm. three four months in, it took me like two three years. Dang. To, to really get. So you paid. You paid. I paid way more by not getting a mentor. Yeah, you pay with the time. No, I didn't have to. I did. I, I still don't recommend doing, doing something like that. But, but like finding the right if person. you find an actual person that's actually doing deals, cons- like actively doing deals or actively in the business that you're uh-huh. looking to get into, that's cool. But if you're going to an educator who stopped doing this business years ago and is just doing education, mm. they're not in tune with the market of your business. They're not going to know what worked for them five years ago ain't going to work right now. So yeah. they're teaching you old 
rinse and repeat methods and, mm-hmm. and that stuff that you're just, they're just trying to sell you. You yeah. know what I mean? So, so how do you tell the difference between like an Instagram and TikTok wholesaler from a real one? So I'll say that there's little keywords that you would look for, little key things that you look for. I know that there's people that are, you know, selling courses and doing that. And if, and if all they can talk about is the course and the education and the, and the results, like if you're in sales, you'll know basically, but like for the average person that's not in that. Yeah. That's just trying to get into it. I'm the average person. I have no idea, but I want to start making money in real estate. Uh, problem is you probably won't know. And, and you'll, you'll mm. probably get scammed. That's, that's, that's really the that's facts because yeah. when I first got involved in business, I got scammed on a couple of courses too. It just takes time. It does. Is there anything that we should look out for though? I would, I would just say if someone's being super flashy about what they have, mm. as opposed to the core competen- core competencies of their business. So like if someone's flashing their Rolls Royce Phantom or uh, flashing their Lamborghinis, please just stay, just stay far, 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 far away. Just mm. please stay away. Cause, cause those guys are making that Lamborghini money from you. They're Dang. not making it from their deals. And that's why they got so much time to post on social media. And I, like, people who are actually operating businesses when they get to a level of competency in their competency in their business, then they go and get branch out to the social media thing. Once they built a real business, I yeah, know because now they have value, they have value to give. There's some great masterminds out there. Uh-huh. There really are. Yeah. I've been to some. Yeah. And you will learn a lot, but as far as it's, it's kind of like, it's kind of like almost like it's, it's, it's kind of easy as a salesman to spot a slick, you know, a, a slick, snake oil. Yeah. A snake oil salesman. So like, you know, being on the in business, you'll know. But like, if you're outside, it's pr- it's pretty hard, man. You're probably not gonna find out. You're probably gonna get blinded by the by the stars and the lights and the mm. and the fancy cars. I would say that if you're new and you just you're not in business at all, let's say you're just a guy working at Starbucks or something, or you uh-huh. have a normal job, like and you're young, like just look for someone that talks about the business. Don't look at someone that talks about the results of their business. Look at someone that's talking about what they're doing to get deals. A guy that is not successful in his business. When I say not successful, let's say there's a guy that's let's just use wholesaling because that's what we're talking about. Yeah. If he's making a hundred thousand in a year and you don't think that that's successful, which some people would, some people won't think yeah, that that's subjective. Successful. Right. If you find someone doing that mm-hmm. and then you find a guy that's doing 10 million a year claiming that he does 10 million a year uh, and, and showing his Lamborghinis and stuff, he might be making 10 million a year from his wholesaling business, but he's not going to teach you those things. He's going to teach you about mindset and a bunch of stuff that's very generic. <laughs> right. So, so wow. if you find someone making a hundred thousand yeah. in your area and you know, he's re- really doing deals, especially in your market, that information that he gives you is infinitely more valuable than someone making a million dollars. Who's going to hide or hide the secrets of the game. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you can learn from someone that's actively doing deals, he, that person making a hundred thousand, what he teaches you, you could probably make a million from it, but maybe he just can't, maybe he's not, maybe he's not putting as much time in. Maybe he's got a family and he's happy with a hundred thousand. Maybe you're, you're a single young guy and you, you want to go make a million. You might make 250 your first year. You know what I mean? So it just depends on, you can learn the concepts from that person. You just listen for the actual, con- you know, the actual like information. Stop. Yeah. Don't look at like what it can do for you. It's not going to do anything for you you learn that information and you do with it what you can do with it. Mm. It's kind of like, you know, yeah. So that, that's kind of like how, how I would say, it, you know? Yeah. I mean? no, no, that's super informative. You spoke about the guy that, or the two different types of people. 
somebody who's got more of a family, they're okay with $100,000 a year versus somebody that's young and wants to go get it. They want to make a million. Mm -hmm. How much did you make your first year doing this full time? Yeah, my first year I did 105,000. 105,000 take 105,000 take home. It was all all profit cuz I I didn't do any deals myself. I was partnering with other wholesalers and I was just finding buyers in my in my local area. So yeah, I would go to like property management companies. I wouldn't like door knock on property management companies. Oh, you were door knocking. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I did I was just like I had no guidance. No one helped me. No like YouTube was very like it was very like the the information you get is good, but it's like information that if you have money to invest in it, you can implement. But if you don't can't it's like okay so then, i know this but exactly what can so yeah if you spend ten thousand dollars a month on advertising and seo and pay-per-click and direct mail you'll make a lot of money sure where am i going to get ten thousand dollars a month to spend from i don't right. even make ten thousand a month so how can i spend that exactly so that information some of it was good and some of it was just on you know not really useful so yeah. I, I was just like in a place where i'm just like i don't I'm not a really, I'm not really like an analysis paralysis type person. I'm, I'm really like a, like an action. I got yeah, like, it. If I have an idea at nine in the morning, I need to be making money by five. You know yeah. what I mean? Like I, I, I gotta be making money that day from it. Like if, if, and if it's a good idea that I think I can implement, I'm throwing money at it. I'm, I'm pushing money into it and I'm, I'm trying to make money from it right away. I'm not gonna, you know, even if it's a, even if I just see a thousand bucks from it or $500 from it, I want to see that it's possible to make money from this. Mm -hmm. Now I know that it's, if it's possible, then it's, if something is possible, then it's able to be duplicated. So if I can make a hundred dollars, I know I can make a thousand dollars. If I can make a thousand, I can make $10,000. Now the only thing that's that, that differentiates those things is how far, how, how much of an uphill, uphill battle is this to get to that point? Exactly. So could I make a hundred? Yes. Can I now, can I make a thousand? Yes. But is it easy to make a hundred, but extremely hard to make a thousand? If it is, then it's not a business that you really want to be in that effort that you put. Could you make a hundred thousand from it? Sure. But the effort you put into that, yeah. you could have been making millions somewhere else. Mm. So you want to make sure that, so like I hear people say like, it doesn't really matter what business you're in. Uh, if you're a hard worker in this, you can make that's such money. a lie. That's a huge lie. It does. It, it matters wow. extremely what business that you're in. Yeah. Because there's there's guys in solar making a hundred thousand dollars a week, and there's wholesalers at the top of the top of the game that are making a hundred thousand a month, a million a month, two million a month, and it just depends on you know what works for them and what was an uphill battle or not. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I could say that any market will work, and technically it will, but it, uh, a successful market in Michigan will do differently than a successful market in Florida or California. You have wholesale assignment fees that are way bigger in California and Florida because the houses are just more expensive. There's more room for spread. Mm -hmm. If I'm selling a house in Detroit, for, if I got it under contract for 40,000 and I sell it for 50,000, I make 10 grand, cool. But someone in Florida might not even waste their time with that. They might be like 10,000, 10, like our minimum not is even worth. Yeah. yeah, it's not even worth looking at. So yeah, like when you tell a young guy like me, I'm 22, 23 years old at the time when I started, like, oh, like I can make $10,000. Oh, this deal. I'm, I'm, not, I'm door knocking now. Now I'm, now I'm out in the field, I'm, I'm meeting people. I, I got a bunch of people that told me like, they, they have no idea what I'm talking about or they don't, they don't want to do anything with me. But then I had people that said, yeah. And I had one guy say yes. And that guy made me like, I think that year $50,000 from one guy. Dang. One client. Yeah. yeah. So it only takes that one after you put in the effort and then you realize like this is possible. Now I made, I shot an episode, I think it was like last week about picking a business based on your skills. How did you, how did you come to the conclusion? Like this was the best industry for what you're good at. Um, I really didn't know if it was. I kind of just like uh -huh. got into it and was like, you know, I, I felt like it was something I could do. Like uh -huh. I was good at sales. I was always good at sales. Like I, 
I was at Verizon my first month there. I was a top rep in my store, and I, I, w- I was one of the top three in the in the region, which was I got a three states, which it's not really that crazy of a of a you know accomplishment. But, but it was it was at least something that let me know that I'm I'm far from average, right? So yeah, for fact, I was a little facts. bit better than average, so I knew yeah. that. So I was like. If I'm just that now, that's okay. If I'm just a little bit above the line, or even if I was below the average a little bit, I was fine with that. Just there's room for improvement. I was like, okay, so I could do better than this. Uh And like when I, you know, started going to these seminars and stuff, I was just like, I'm going to do real estate. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm going to get into that industry. If I fail at five things, there's 10 others that I could do in real estate. It was a big industry. So, you know, I ended up, you know, just giving it a shot. I didn't know if what was going to turn out from it or anything. I kind of just took a leap of faith almost. And um, it, it didn't work out in the beginning. I'm not going to lie. Like I got in, I started making money. My first year was good. So I made like a hundred, a little over a hundred thousand. And then like I got, um, I wanted to know like how to make this a business. I was just a guy doing deals. And like, there's a big difference between a guy doing deals and a, and a, and a business owner. So like Facts. I could always be a guy doing deals. To the day I die, I can always do deals on my own. I could my 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 partners could leave me, my buyers could leave me. My I could I could not have any marketing at the spend or anything. I could never spend another dollar on marketing, and I'll always I'll always be fine. I'll always be be able to support myself, and my family, because I know how to. I'm a guy that knows how to do deals. But the skill set of a guy that's closing deals and a guy that owns a business are literally night and day. And like I've been through that transformation. It's not fun. It's not easy. Mm-hmm. Like going from where I was at. So like me jumping into the business, I was in it. So I was like, okay, I'll get into real estate. Learned a little bit about wholesaling. It was the sexiest idea that I could find on in real estate. Everything else sounded like an uphill battle. This sounded a lot easier, right? It was partially because what I will say about like the gurus that are always talking about like, you can make this much money and you can make this much money. There is a point to that. It's yes, it's to sell you, but also uh-huh. it's to like romanticize the idea of doing business. Cause there's a lot of people that are like, they won't even do it. Like they, they won't even get into business if they don't hear something like that. So right. it's like, it's a form of selling you, but it's also a form of inspiration and motivation because it's like, you could be making $20,000 right now if you weren't watching Netflix. You could be making 25 grand, 10 grand right now if you put three hours extra out of your day instead of two hours extra out of your day cold calling as opposed to you going home and watching that show or hanging out or doing this or that. Like, and that's the thing. There's like a big tug of war with that. Like internally too, because people are like, man, I kind of want to do this, but is it real? Yeah. But I see this guy's Lamborghini. They're like, is it real? Is it not real? Yeah. So it causes people to give like half effort. Do you think? It does for sure. Because it's, it's, it's demoralized. It, it becomes, there's a certain point. So like when you're not doing anything, when you're just, when you're just looking for what to get into and you're just having a normal job, like for example, when I was at Verizon, like, Everything seemed cool to me, like mm-hmm. like every business. Car salesman was great. Uh, real estate agent was great. Mortgage bankers were great. I thought those were all great businesses, right? Just endless potential. Endless potential. But when you get into something and you actually start committing and you're in real estate and you're, you're you know, making calls on the crappy leads when you start, you know, people are going to start you off. Let's say you get a job at a real estate firm, for example, as an agent, just, mm-hmm. just to make it the easiest thing out there, right? Mm-hmm. You go you go become a real estate agent at a, at a brokerage and they give you some, you know, low quality leads because they're not going to let you mess up on the big leads, right? Yeah. On the good ones. So they give you some low quality leads to start to get you comfortable with cold calling because it's like riding a bike. You stop doing it for two weeks. You know, it's, it's a little, it's like rollerblading. Sorry, not riding a bike. You, you, you rollerblading, you're really good at it. You stop for two yeah. weeks. It's kind of like, you. it's all it. about momentum. Yeah, it is. It's yeah, exactly. So, and so you're, you're, when you're not doing, when you're not in any committed to any business or any like career path, 
you're kind of like anything sounds good. But when you get into that career path and you're pulling up in your, you know, four cylinder car and you're working, grinding these crap leads, you're making no money and you're going through and just trying to get good at cold calling and it sucks. Like you don't like cold call. Nobody likes cold calling. And like, and then there's right. no return on it. It's just yeah. to train you. And then the big agents are pulling in with Mercedes Benz and, and their Escalades. It's very, it becomes demoralizing. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of people will, will, man, even if I could attain that, I'm years away, so I'm just not going to do this. The time is going to pass either way, though. Exactly, it is. The time's going to pass either way, so just just go through it. There's no like, I, there's a very like thing in the culture right now with especially the younger culture is like that if something doesn't make you happy, you shouldn't do it, or that you have to be passionate about what you're doing, or that you have to be in love and l wake up and love your life every day for yeah, what you do. I don't, doing. I don't get the obsession with like with happiness because you're not always gonna be happy. No, you're not. And and I've, have you ever met somebody that's always happy? Nope. I mean, you see people. I've met people who try to be always happy. They look pretty miserable. Yeah. The only reason happiness has any weight is because sadness exists. Exactly. It's the yin and yang thing, right? Yep. So it's like, if, if you're, if you're going to be, if you're going to let that time pass in five, the difference is in five years, you could be driving a Mercedes. You could have a big, nice house and a lot and hundreds of thousands of dollars in the bank. You can have investment properties or you can get demoralized and have nothing in five years and still be doing exactly what you're doing now. That's your choice, but you got to make that choice now. So yeah. in my opinion, it's like, when you're, when you're, when you commit to a career path, like I've, when I committed to wholesaling, there's been almost every year since I started, I've wanted to quit except, except my first year. My first year was like crazy to me to make six figures. My first year after that, every single year I've wanted to quit Why? because there's just you, when you're, when you're building a, it's, it's more about building a, like I thought it was wholesaling, but realistically it's not, it's, it's about building the building a business. When you, uh -huh. when you try to, you hear all these buzzwords like scaling and, and all these, you know, <laughs> it's my favorite one. Yeah. Scaling and passive income and all this stuff. And like, at the end of the day, like getting to that point, especially on your own, when you don't have a mentor is extremely hard. And when you start to, here's the thing someone, a lot of people don't talk about when they say get a mentor, you almost have to pay for masterminds like all the time now. Thousands of dollars. You have to because getting a mentor when you're a threat yourself is not going to work. When if if I'm a wholesaler and I'm making a hundred thousand or two hundred thousand a year, and I go to another wholesaler who's making five hundred thousand a year, and I'm like, hey, can you mentor me? He's like, you're a year or two from blowing past me. I'm not mentoring you on anything. I don't right. want I don't want you to do better than me. Nobody nobody wants anybody to do better than that. Everyone wants you to do well, but just not not as better as than them. them. Yeah, not better than them. So. Yeah, so that like when you commit to a career path, uh -huh. it becomes daunting because you you start to see, especially in the early years. The, I'll say the first three years, if once you see other people successful in other industries, you really start to say it's the end. You you don't want to accept that it's you. You don't want to accept that you're the problem or that you have something to change about yourself. You don't want to be as self aware. I'm saying most people in general. They, yeah. They don't want to be that self-aware. Yeah. Even if they're not, even if they could be, they don't want to be. They don't want to see the light. They don't want to see that like, hey, you need to change X, Y, and Z about yourself. Mm -hmm. And if you do that, you can get here with more hard work. You can. But because you crack at the first sign of pressure, that's, you're not going to get there. So I've been through, I've, dude, I've been to the point in my real estate career where like I think my second year, second year in, I was like literally down to my last thousand dollars. And dad broke and I was just like, you know, I had houses. I had like two houses I was flipping at the time and my bank account was down to like a thousand dollars, like twelve hundred dollars. And I'm just like, 
I like almost broke down. I was just like, what the hell am I going to do? Like, what am I, how am I going to get out of this? And then I just thought about, I was like, I have nothing to fall back on except me and my work ethic. If I'm going to go down, let me do it swinging. Facts. And that month, like for everyone that thinks that it's BS, I like for that, that month I made $53,000. We got the paperwork too. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. We're, we're going to include the paperwork. This guy's legit for sure. hundred percent. And, and yeah, so like I, I, that month I did and I was just like, wow. And in those th- following two months, I did 53, 42 and 40. Damn. months in a row life-changing money life-changing money and it, and it was like it put me back in the driver's seat of my own business and back in the driver's seat that confidence your life my whole life dude like i was I, i'm sure you even walk different so yeah hell when yeah. you're up versus when you're like when you're down shoulders be it shows forward. on you it yeah. shows on you bro like, like you're kind of but when you're up man shoulders back chest out walk time. like yeah i'm that guy exactly and like even i i, I remember like it take it takes everyone has like their own, like something that it'll take to spark you, you know, maybe, maybe your bank account hitting zero sparks you, or maybe, you know, maybe, uh, you know, you see someone else doing successful sparks you like for me, it's like people depending on me sparks me a lot. It, it just drives me like through the roof. Cause like, for me, when I said I didn't want to quit after my first year, my first year to me was the easiest year. And most people would say the other, the opposite, right? The first yeah, that's year is crazy. the hardest. My first year was my easiest year. I made a hundred thousand over a hundred thousand dollars. I spent no money on advertising, no money on marketing. I had no buyers list. I just was doing the market, like just not, literally door knocking, making good money. And then, you know, as I got older, more responsibility fell on, you know, fell on my shoulders, you know, family and otherwise. And I was just like, this hundred thousand is nothing. Mm. Like I can't even, I can't even go on vacation and enjoy myself without, Damn. without thinking about, I'm, I'm on vacation closing deals now because yeah, I'm you're like, thinking about the next deal. It's I'm not thinking, enough. Exactly. I used to, I used to hang up the phone, make 15,000, hang up the phone and just be like, let's go on vacation. Let's book a vacation. Like that, that's how I used to think of it. Now I like, I close 15,000. Boom. Let's go. Let's get the, I'm on the next I call. I need the next one. Cause I don't know when it's going to come. I'm on the next call without hesitation. Like it, it's as if some, the, my reaction to my phone calls when, if someone, if I sell a deal or they say they're not going to buy the deal is exactly the same. Ooh, that's I'm powerful. going to call the next person, whether you say yes or no, I'm going to call the next person. If you say yes, great. I got, I got more deals to do. So like, instead of me having a celebratory, Oh, we just did, you know, we did a deal. Let's go celebrate. No, it's like, I do celebrate deal, with I do, another deal. Yeah. I do deals every day. They're, I'm not going to celebrate every day. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, that, that's kind of like how, how I, how I like push myself to get there. And like, it did take a lot of like responsibility falling on my shoulders, like, you know, in my personal life and stuff. So I was just like, all right, like, you know, I can't, uh-huh. I can't just be a guy doing deals anymore. I need to build a real company. Cause like when I'm hanging out, cause I, you know, I just had a kid two, two and a half oh, years ago. Thank you. Two and a half years ago. I just had my second son, uh, three months ago, uh, just about three months ago. And so like when I had my first kid, I was just like, damn, like I like, this is not a lot of money anymore. You know what I mean? Like I got, I'm yeah, whole new humans, a whole, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I'm just care. like, I want, like it, and I, I, it goes back to like what sparks you and like what I thought in my head was like, do I really want to see my son when he's five years old be like, I want to go to my friend's house. They have a big house with a pool. We don't want to, we don't want to go over dad's house. We want to, I want to go to my friend's house. I was just like, no, I cannot let you got your friends are going to want to come over our house. You know what oh. I mean? Like that was what, that was what sparked me. Cause when I was a kid, I, I look at my son and I live everything through him. So I'm just like, I want him to have a great life. I'm not gonna spoil him, but I want him to have a great life. He's going to learn he hard wanna, work. Yeah. The resources. So the, he's going to have everything, but he's going to work for his own money. When mm-hmm. he becomes of age, he's going to work for his own money. So like, I think the best thing anyone could do is like, not, you know, 
everyone thinks like when you when you become successful that you want to like give give your kids everything you never had. But if you give your kids everything that you never had, they'll never have what you had to what, what you earned on yourself. Yeah, on your they won't have the skills to get what you have. Exactly. Yeah, that makes sense. You you like it goes back to that teach a, teach someone how to fish. You feed them for life. You give someone fi- a fish, they feed, feed them for, them for a the day. day. You know what yeah. I mean? So I want I want to be able to do that and teach my kids that. But yeah, so like those were the kind of like the things that sparked me and got me going in the, in the business and, and into, into building a business. And like, so when I say I wanted to quit every single year, it was because it become became so much harder uh-huh. when you're training people and hiring people and firing people and not knowing when to do those things. I'm letting a guy sit here and work for me for six months and not produce when I should have got rid of him in one month, two months. You know what I mean? So it's like, wow, I just made that mistake. And you don't realize, you don't even know what that's costing you. I made so many mistakes like that. You're losing six months of time, but you're losing hundreds of thousands of dollars, and it's not six months. It's you're losing now really a year because that six months you could you have gotta, been, and you got to retrain the next person. Exactly. So you're you're actually losing a lot more, and that's like that's the good and bad downside of like compounding, like compounding your time, compounding your effort, compounding your money is like you compound backwards too. So if like if someone if you don't make the the cut or make the call on what to do. If you don't make it, make a decision on mm-hmm. something in your business, it's, it's not costing you. Oh, well he was only here for, th- for three months. It's not that big of a deal. No, he, he, he actually took a year off of your timeline. Like he actually took that compounded too. Just like when you do a deal mm-hmm. and you do another deal and you do another deal and you get a buyer that's buying more property from you and you, he, he's a repeat buyer from you. That's momentum being gained. It, it goes the same way. You, and those things are like, it sounds easy, but those are actually the harder parts of building a business is hiring, firing, training, all that stuff. That's For the hard sure. stuff, you know? Yeah, it really is, as opposed to just being a, a hustler or a solopreneur. Yeah. But for wholesaling, how do I structure the deal? How do I find a deal? How do I find the buyers for these kind of properties? Yeah, so there's definitely a few things, a few ways. Because I want to get into like setting it up. Like, let's say I'm brand new. I want to get into it. What, what all should I know before I even start making calls or who, who, who should I be calling? Right. So there's definitely a few ways to get into it. I would say the best way and the cheapest way, and this is easily the best way, and I'm, I'm not going to like sugarcoat it. If you go around your neighborhood or doesn't, doesn't have to be your neighborhood, but if you go around, drive around the city uh-huh. that you live in and you look for distressed property, property with tall grass that's not cut, you know, a roof that looks like it needs to be replaced, uh, a dirty house from the outside, the siding has fallen off or any sign of, of distressed house. Mm-hmm. Because if you think about it, the nice houses in your neighborhood have none of that. Right. Right. So they don't, that's true. They, they don't allow the grass. Exactly. Clean yards. Everything's well put together. You're looking for the needle in the haystack. You're looking for, you're looking for that one ugly house, the ugliest house, the uglier, the better. Mm-hmm. And if you find it, you you can do what's called skip trace. So you skip trace a property. All that means is that you plug in. There's multiple websites. You guys can go on Lead Sherpa and do that. But uh, multiple websites where you can skip trace, where you type in the address and you 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 can look it up on public record. You can look up the homeowner. Uh huh. So you type in the homeowner's name. If if it's an LLC, it's even easier because you just look up the LLC on Lara. Or, well, in our state, it's Lara, but whatever you know your state website yeah. that you look up. So just type in like LLC, search you, up for local whatever area. the LLC is. So if you find on on public record that it's owned by an LLC, you just type that in and it'll show you who owns it. Mm. And your job is to type that name in to the skip tracer, uh-huh. type in the address, uh-huh. and 
It also on your state website will give you a mailing address, so you get the mailing address for that person and the property address that that's owned by that person. Uh -huh. Now, if there's certain signs of distress that you're gonna want to look for, like for example, if I find out that the mailing address for the owner is different from the uh, property address that I'm looking at, uh huh, that means that person doesn't live there. So if it's a house that's falling apart and the person doesn't live there. How, how motivated do you think that guy would be? He's just, it's not, it's, it's vacant. Yeah. It's run down. He doesn't, obviously doesn't have money to fix it or else he would have done it. And he doesn't even live there. So that probably means he was either inherited the property or he's a tired landlord or someone that doesn't want to deal with it anymore. And they're willing to just cut loose ends with it, cut their, you know, cut ties with it. Uh -huh. And so they'll just accept a lower offer. And that leaves room for you to then make your spread, make your profit. So if someone's got a house, it's worth one sixty, uh -huh. and you're contracting it for sixty thousand, you sell it for eighty thousand. Someone has room to go now fix that property and flip it or rent it out. Yeah. So there's there's room there. So that that I would say driving around, finding the ugly properties, skip tracing them, and then finding out who the owner is and giving them a call. Uh, mm -hmm. If all you need is one, all you need is one deal to go through, and you're 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 literally. One or ten thousand doesn't you don't know phone calls away from getting your first deal, and it's when you drive around and look for deals. It's actually one of the best ways to get deals because if you think about it, if I want to go online and pull a, a lead list because this is what the bigger companies, wholesaler company, wholesale companies do is they buy leads, right? These are all leads that are provided by data data providers that are like you know they're aggregating data however yeah. they do it right, and you're buying it from them. They're not on the street looking at properties. So you have essentially almost no competition when you do that because everyone's buying from the same lead sources. You know, there's no lead source out there that hasn't been purchased from, right? right. So there's, there's so much competition. You, Yeah, like I buy my leads from this place, but so does everyone else. And so we're all calling the same people. This guy might not know his numbers. He's, con he's putting a number in, in the seller's head that's way higher than he can sell it for. He contracts the deal and now he's gotten that seller's head that you're gonna get $150,000. Turns out he can't sell it. And he just lets the deal fall apart. He tells the seller, sorry, I couldn't, I'm, I'm not buying the house for uh -huh. whatever reason. He backs out and now the seller's got that number in their head. So like, oh, the last guy was about to close and he gave me 150. Did he, did he close? No. Well, okay, well, yeah. I mean, the real offer is going to be closer to 100. Oh, you're crazy. I had offers at 150 at one point and now that's in their head. Mm -hmm. And now they think that that's what the house is worth when it's not. Mm -hmm. So those deals become a lot harder to do when you're buying data. Now you can just buy more and eventually you'll get deals. But yeah. the, the, the way that you're going to get less competition with no ad spend is just drive around looking for ugly houses. I guarantee you'll get a deal by doing that. And uh -huh. then to find a buyer, honestly, your deal should be like selling a water bottle in the Sahara desert. You should be able to find a buyer for that literally anywhere. Like if you just post it on Instagram or Facebook or something, you or call an agent and tell them, hey, I have this deal. Do you have a buyer for it? Like they'll do it. You know what I mean? They'll, they'll find you a buyer or, or maybe he's got an investor. He's been looking for a house so, and you found him something. So po posting it on social media, calling the local real estate agents. And what's another way to get buyers? Um, I would say one of the best ways to get buyers is going on just any, even Google Maps, whatever it is, look for businesses that mm -hmm. are in your area. For example, if you know a guy who's owned a restaurant in this area for however long, liquor store, gas station, whatever, those guys are business owners. They make a lot of money and they're going to want to put their money in something. And yeah. I guarantee most of them own real estate and they'll buy more if it's a good deal. You can literally 
call the owners of those places and it won't cost you anything because their information's public. You can call the owner of a gas station. You can call the owner of a, of a, of yeah. a restaurant. You can call the owner yeah, of, a all public. Of, of a mechanic shop. Mechanics make ton, make a ton of money. Uh, you can talk You can talk to a bunch of different people and just business owners. Business owners are the, are the I, I made one call to a business owner. And he was like, any house you have in that city, I'll buy it. He goes, any house you have on, in that city, I will buy it. Just on one phone, one phone call. I've okay. already sold the guy three houses. It's been three months. Okay. On one client. You know, $60,000 almost generated on one client. Yeah, that's crazy. From one call. So it's like, uh, for example, this will be a, a little bit of an inspirational story. I, I went to, I walked, I was in the area. I was doing a showing. Uh-huh. I was looking at a property. I was making an offer. And it was it was fire damage, really run down. There was no way to make, for me to make, like the cost of renovating it would have been it's like. like building a new house. It would have been like building a new house and there was no value there. So. I left and I was kind of miffed because I drove 30 minutes away to see it. And I was just like, uh, I was like, let me see if I could find something else while I'm out here. I walked into a state farm office uh-huh. and just like, I don't know what compelled me to do. It. I remember I had someone in the back of my mind, someone told me they wanted commercial property out there. Uh-huh. And I was like, sure, I'll just take a look. And I just knocked on the, I just walked in I was like, Hey, do you have an appointment? I was like, no, I just want to see if I can speak to the owner. They're like, Oh yeah. The guy comes out, an older dude. And he was just talking to me. Uh-huh. We shot the breeze for 30 minutes. We kept the conversation going over another three weeks. A month later, I had a signed contract with him. I sold it and made $15,000. So just off walking in, like no no cold call, no appointment, nothing. I just walked in and, and was able to make $15,000. And I'll yeah. show you the, the HUD for that. Yeah, for <laughs> I'll show sure. you the statement so for that. So the, the whole cold calling thing, like who am I calling in this instance when I'm cold calling? When you're looking for sellers or buyers? When I'm looking for sellers, am I just calling... Just, uh, am I doing everything locally or is or can I do deals anywhere? So if you're starting from zero, I'll, if you have no money to invest, I'm talking about, I'm not going to say no money is a thousand. I'm talking about you have no money to invest. You are only going to be able to do this locally. If you have some money to invest, let's call it a thousand or maybe a thousand to $2,500, you could probably get a deal anywhere. You can get a deal anywhere. You can get a deal. And we, we do deals. We have a, our business set up in Michigan and Florida now. So we do deals in Florida now. Um, but you're going to need certain softwares, certain things that are going to be able to let you find deals out there because you can't drive, right? You can't drive. Is that, is that the, is that the barrier? The, uh, the softwares and you say marketing, when you say marketing, like I'm trying to understand, like, what do you mean? So, so, okay. So it's, it's a whole different business when you don't have money than when you, when you have some money to invest. So I would say this, this will be an easy way to clear that up. If you're at zero, starting at zero, uh-huh. go do it locally. Find an ugly house. Con- find a way to contact that homeowner. Uh-huh. Find the buyer through either an agent or a, or a, or a local business. I would say go to the local business. They and pay. now you have cash. Now you have five, ten thousand, twenty thousand dollars, depending on the deal. Uh huh. Okay. Now you can buy a soft. Now you can buy a software, pay for a monthly software of a hundred dollars, two hundred dollars a month, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. That will allow you to to get leads and buy leads. Mm. They're not going to be great leads, but if even just one of them works out, now you've made another 10 to 15, $20,000 mm-hmm. and you just keep it going and you just keep it going. And, and so you're able to buy leads. Now mm-hmm. you skip trace those leads and you're cold calling those sellers. When you cold call the sellers and you finally get a deal under contract, you can go in Facebook groups. Uh-huh. You can post them on social media, just on your story and someone will, will bid on it or someone will send you an offer. Mm-hmm. I sell 
about 70 or 80 percent of the houses that i post on instagram i i, I actually sell them through instagram wow yeah um, and these are people from all over that are trying to invest these are people from my city that are trying to invest okay when i when i when i go outside of my area like outside of my my hometown it becomes like i've i've got a create relationships with these people okay i usually do it by calling the local businesses and other in other states yeah, so if i have money yeah exactly so if i'm if i'm in florida i want to call the owner of a local of a local like real estate brokerage or a local mortgage company or an insurance company or a restaurant or a gym owner you know what i mean like i want to i want to somebody I wanna who would have the money to exactly get this. exactly and here's here's another pro tip for all you wholesalers out there and i know nobody knows about this stuff because i hear it all the time okay let's hear it so a lot of wholesalers will sell to investors uh-huh. that are in the business. When I say in the business, their primary focus is real estate. Mm-hmm. Those are the worst buyers. Why? It, right. So contrary to popular belief, everyone wants the buyer that can close the fastest, uh, you know, and, 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 and knows their numbers and this and that. A guy that's in the business and makes their money through real estate, as opposed to using it as an investment vehicle, if their primary source of income is real estate... They're not going to pay you a, a large assignment fee. They're not going to be okay when you make $30,000 and they see it on the HUD statement. They're going to say, hey, you make $10,000. That's plenty. You, I, I, need to, I need to flip this house. I'm only making $50,000, and you told me you couldn't get it any lower. Dang. So if I'm, on, if I'm in negotiation with a buyer and I'm telling him, hey, 120 is my best price. I'm not going to go any lower than that. He's thinking in his head, the seller won't go any lower than that. Or you won't go any lower than that because you're not making that much money. What they don't realize is that you can't go any lower than 120 because you might have other offers at 120. So if someone's offering you, if you have three other offers at 120 and someone's like, hey, I can close in a week, okay, I'll do the deal with you, but you got to be at 120. You can't come in with this 100,000 stuff. You got to be at 120 because I got got three or four other offers. offers. When they get to a closing table and Uh they see, oh, you're making 20,000? You. You got to make twenty thousand. You, you're cutting into my deal. I could have made sixty thousand now. So that's when you're when you're on that side of it. Mm-hmm. It becomes very tough to build rapport. Even if you made someone a lot of money, they're looking at it as you took it away from me. I could have made more. They don't have that mindset because they're in real estate as themselves. business owners. As business owners, I had a guy that's told wild. me one time. I, it, it's crazy. I had a guy one tell me one time. I want to know how much you're making on this deal. I said, I don't tell anybody how much I'm making on anything. And he was like, Well, I need to know. And I was like, Look. Does the number does this deal work for you at this price? And he said, "Yeah." But if I find out you're making thirty thousand, I'm not doing it. <laughs> I was like, "Okay." What? Yeah. So I I, I made sixteen thousand. And he that's uh, wild. Oh, I made I made sixteen thousand. He lost his mind. He lost his mind. He was like, "I'll never do another deal with you." I was like, "Oh, I know. I'll never sell you anything ever again. I know you won't do a deal because I'm not going to sell it to you." So how much do they want you to make? A lot of buyers are comfortable. It depends on your market, but a lot of comfortables in my market because Detroit is like lower, you know, lower income housing. Yeah. Um, most people in my market are cool with like five to 10 max. And you just can't like make a business out of that. And I, I just let people know, like, you are going to send me a $10,000 non-refundable deposit on this property. And if you even flinch at putting the deposit, I won't sell it to you. Cause I know how to, I know how to drum up interest in a property like crazy. I could sell anything and I could bring the most buyers to any property. Cause I've been doing it long enough where I know all the secrets. So your ideal buyer is actually not a real estate investor. Your ideal buyer is someone that has a business making their money from something else and needs a place to deploy their capital, needs a place to put their money where they can mm. get, you know, a return on it. That makes sense. So though. if I'm getting someone that's a restaurant owner, a doctor, a lawyer, someone who just makes $500,000 a year and they're just like, I you just know, need to put this money somewhere. I, this, I can't Tax pay taxes benefit. on this. I, yeah. need, I, need to, I need to spend 100 grand right now. You know, you'll be surprised how many people are in that position. 
Uh, and so they're like, yeah, I was about to sell a house for 85. The guy's like, and I'm making 10 grand at that, at that price. I got it under contract for 75. I'm selling it for 85. Someone comes in and is like, I'll pay you hundred all day. So now I just made $25,000 as opposed to making 10. So I've had relationships with buyers where like, I've had a buyer tell me straight up, like, um, you know, you got to give me priority on your deals. We've done a lot of deals together. I was like, sure, I'll give you priority on them, but you got to come really close to you, to the number that I need. Yeah. And he was like, one time I remember he told me like, you, you got to make, you're going to make your five. Don't worry. My five. And I was like, bro, I don't, I don't make 5,000 anymore. That was like a long time. I don't, I don't, I don't make, I don't do $5,000 deals. And so like, I, I showed him the deal and he was like, yeah, here, or, or here's seven. You can make seven. I made 18 selling it to someone else because I was just like, bro, I can't, I, you, you know, you, you're eating away at my profit for what? Exactly. For and what? When there's other people who are willing to give me. Exactly. And if and you got to think about it, like if other people are willing to pay that, that's what it's worth. It doesn't matter what a real estate investor thinks it's worth. It doesn't matter what the agent thinks it's worth. It doesn't matter what an appraiser even thinks it's worth. If someone's willing to give you more money, the market determines what it's worth, what, so what people are willing to pay. That's what the market is. So if I have someone willing to go $100,000 over my asking price uh -huh. and my best offer is 5000 under my asking price, yeah. the market is this. The market is 700000 not yep. six. You know what I mean? So that that's where it comes from. So I've, I've, I've had that issue a lot, uh -huh. but now I've, I've trained my buyers to where it's not like when you start off in wholesaling, you don't have the confidence in any business. You don't have the confidence to speak to someone the way that you, they, they'll actually respect you as another fellow. Yeah. Like owner. this is the price. Yeah. This you don't have that. And is. even if you do, You're it like, comes uh, off generic and, yeah, it, and like, it comes uh, off almost like half hearted, mm -hmm. you know, cause it's like, they can see it. Yeah. It. Oh yeah. They see you, you know, you're sitting there telling them this is my best price. I can't do, I'm not going to budge and your knees are shaking. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> they can smell it on you. You're, yeah. you're a newbie. They're like, Hey man, how long you been doing this for? You know what I mean? So it becomes to where when you are successful and you are doing a lot of deals, I don't tell people like, hey, you know, uh, I have a deal for you. If you want to buy it, please let me know. Uh, it's a really good deal. And I'm, and I'm doing all the numbers for them. I'm like, here, this is the deal. This is it. I have, I have a lot of interest. Let me know as soon as you can. Absolute certainty. That's it. Yeah, absolute certainty. And when they when they come back and they, bu they budge me on the price, if I can budge on the price, sure. Like, like, yeah, we have some room, but if not. Yeah, we're, I'm, I mean, I'm a businessman. I'm going to negotiate. But at the end of the day, like, I'm going to negotiate from my end, too. So I'm like, yeah. you know, could I could I do it for less? Sure. But am I going to do it for significantly less? No, more than likely I won't. You know, uh, and, and they, they see that and they're like, oh, wait, like, he's confident in this yeah. deal, that means it's a better deal than I even think it is. Yeah. So I need to, I need to get with it, you know, so they'll, they'll pay more. And so those uh -huh. are your best buyers are people that are not involved in real estate. They're involved extremely passively. They're just looking to buy a couple rentals. They're just looking to get rid of their cash so they can mm. for tax benefits and get us, get a good return, beating the stock market, that kind of thing. Appreciation over time. I got people that buy property. They pretty much break even. They make like $200 a month on rent, but they're the interested for five years, 10 years from now when that house is $100,000 worth more. Yeah, the asset. Yeah, and then they can sell it or refinance it and take out tax-free money or sell it and, and, and make a lot of profit, you yeah, know? Yeah, for sure. Do you ever keep the the properties for yourself that you get under contract? So here's the thing. I did in the beginning. I, I, I bought a couple properties. I kept them for myself. I flipped some. I rented some. And then I just got rid of everything. I sold everything and decided that like, if I'm going to truly serve my, I wanted to like go all in in one thing. I was like, I was doing too much. I was doing flipping. I was doing wholesaling. I was renting. So you're almost in competition with your. Exactly. And I wanted to take myself completely out of that equation. Like if I get a great deal, 
you just got a great deal. Like yeah, this, you want to be, this is you. I want to be the guy. You don't want to be exactly. everywhere. That makes sense. I want to be the guy that people are like, that guy gets the best deals. That guy is the guy you need to know. He's the plug. He's the guy that you want to be involved with. He's the guy you need to know when you want to buy property. Don't go to an agent, go to him. That's that the kind of like confidence that you get from that. And then like being able to go all in on one thing, you have just so much more momentum. Like when I'm trying to do so deals much here more. and there, I'm selling deals. I'm, I'm like, I was, I was flipping a house and I had a, two rentals and then I, I was, I was selling a wholesale deal at the same time. And I was just like, I had a big flip. I was making like, I made like 65, 75, I think 65 or 75, I don't remember a thousand dollars on it. My uh -huh. other, my other flip, I made like 140,000 on it. So I'm sitting here doing all this work and I got two rentals. So I'm like, I'm really starting to get momentum in this business. I'm selling wholesale deals. I'm making 5,000 on a wholesale deal. I don't really care. I'm making all this money everywhere else. Those wholesale deals I was selling for 5,000. I could have made 50,000 on those. I'm giving buyers are like, oh, I'm gonna buy more property. So from you. you weren't expanding your income; you were dividing it. Yeah, yeah. It, it felt like I was making a lot of money. Yeah, but if you would have focused on that one thing, you would have made more. Oh, I would have made at least double, triple what I was making. Yeah, yeah. Because flipping houses, you do okay. There's yeah, tell me about that. Tell me about the flipping yeah. of the houses and because you have rental properties and stuff now, right? No, I don't do any rentals right now. No I have rentals. a bad taste in my mouth from from doing flips and rentals in the in the past. I'm I'm gonna get back into it at uh -huh. some point. I just like for me, it's all about like right now because I'm in this kind of this is like the phase of business that I'm in. Uh -huh. Is like I'm in the phase of like. Um, producing and like just looking at the numbers. So like when I say that, I mean like if I'm going to put $20,000 down payment on a house, mm -hmm. right? Cause you can easily get loans that do that. And I have a, you gotta imagine yeah. I've been in the business a long time. I know all the private money lenders in my area. I know all the hard money companies. I know, I know how to get money. Yeah. You're like, well connected. Yeah, I can get finance on anything. I can get a hundred percent finance on everything. I don't even need to, I can buy houses with zero down. So like I know how to do all this stuff. So uh -huh. for me, it's more about like, if I'm going to divide my attention, I'm going to take away from wholesaling. I'm going to take away. Mm. And uh, like, for me, it's like, I have a goal that if I'm not at 3 million in, in one business, then there's no reason to be looking anywhere else. Like if you don't have a superstar business, why are you, why are you looking for another, for, for another, you know, draft pick? You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. you, you want to look for, so, like, I see, like I had a guy come up to me, a perfect example because I see this so often and I, I can't, I can't like stress enough how, how, how like you need to be focused on one thing. Like I had a guy come up to me and he's, he's a friend of mine and he was just like, you know, I, I do construction now. I've been doing it with my, with my uncle and blah, blah, blah. And I, I started my own little business. I've been doing good. I'm getting jobs and I'm doing well. And, uh, I also want to learn wholesaling from you. I'm getting my real estate license. I'm also doing property management soon. I'm going to get into mortgages as well. I'm just going to dominate real estate. And I was just like, please stop. Yeah. Like, You're only one person. Exactly. Even if you hired out everything, it's, 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 almost you don't even, like, you don't even know yet, but you don't like, have the skills to train somebody. You have nothing. And I was just like, I was like, let me tell you something, you know, having fire in your eyes is good. It's if I, fire in your eyes, fire in your belly. That's good. That gets you Facts. get up and go to go, but you cannot have blind motivation. You can't just be, you know, at a young age. Sure. It's cool. But when you get to a point where you need to start making the money, actually doing the thing that you're motivated to do, uh -huh. it's very, it's probably the most important thing. It is probably the most important thing you could do is stay focused on that one thing. If you're going to lose that, it lose fast. If you don't like construction, you better know that you don't like it really quick. Like within your first month, two months, be like, okay, I freaking hate this or yeah. I love this. You Fail know what fast. I mean? Get out. Um, now, if you're going to be doing all those things, so if you take, so let's say your construction company is at a hundred thousand a year profit. Uh -huh. Why would you start doing real estate on the side? 
That's if it's not a million dollar business. Right. Like the threshold when I first started was when I when I was like thinking about quitting and stuff. And I devoted my time back into wholesaling. I was like, I'm not going to quit at anything. I'm going to keep this going. I was like a million dollars. And now that we're hitting, getting close to that mark, I'm like, okay, like it's time to like, you know, push that goal even further. Now I'm like, okay, now that I know the, the people that I know and the connections that I have, we can definitely do 3 million. Just, it's just a, now it's just hiring people. And yeah. now it's just training and hiring. The system is there. The concept is there. The science is there. We know how to do everything. It's just now like, you know, hiring and firing. So like at the point that we're at, we're like, okay, like once we get to 3 million, uh-huh. we can now look at other investment vehicles, other businesses. Right. And to be honest with you, like if I had like the time to put into something else, honestly, at this point in my life, it probably still wouldn't be rental properties. It would probably be like, or flips or anything. It would probably right. be another business, mm. another sales business, because I know, I know how to build a sales business. So it's and like, get that, mo- that income. I could just in. take that, that what I just learned and, you know, and all the money that I'm making from it, invested into another sales business, grow that to 3 million. That's a lot faster process for me. Now, when I'm a little bit older and I don't want to put in this much effort and I don't have this hard of a drive for, for, for working this hard, then maybe, yeah, that's something I'm definitely going to get back into it, but it's just something that I, it just, I, I, I don't like, and I hate the term, but scalability, I don't like the scalability of it. Cause it's like, a slow burn it's a very slow burn and if i but if i retire with three sales companies that are all working and my kids take them over and i'm just like you know i have three sales or companies, you exit them or i exit them and sell them for 5x multiple what they're yeah. worth then i'm like okay then i can just buy whatever real estate commercial that i commercial real estate that i want you know what i mean because now money is just not it's not the issue yeah and and look for everyone like talking about no money down real estate it exists uh-huh. but almost like in a different realm because when I what I when I say what I mean what I mean by say, saying that is, if you think that you're going to get into real estate with no money down, you can. Uh huh. Wholesaling is probably the only way that I would say that you can do that. But if you're talking like buying properties with no money down, there's a way to do it. It's it's not easy. Like it's it's a lot easier you have way more opportunity when you got a little bit of money to put in it doesn't have to yeah. be a lot i see so many ads for stuff like that no money down get in with no money down you can but it's so it's, it's real it's it but the barrier of entry is high yeah it, it you it can happen uh-huh we put a we put a man on the moon it can happen right <laughs> but at the end of the right. day is it easy is it even Hell if it's no. not easy, it's it's not even hard. It's almost it's almost like it's 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 just very very uphill battle to get that done because you're you got to convince someone to sell for under what the property is worth. You got to accept. You got to find people to fund that deal and make you a partner in it. It's just it's a lot that goes into seller financing deals. It is it is possible, but but again, it's it's more like because you're going to have such a barrier to entry and there's not going to be a lot of deals for you. You want to target bigger deals when you do that. Yeah. But then uh, again, you have to be a, like, you have to master a lot of. Sk- it doesn't mean that you can just be a guy with no skills, no money, no education, and then do it. No, you won't do. It. Then it's, then it's not possible. Right. If you're not gonna bring money to the table, you gotta have immense value that you're bringing besides the money. So like, if you don't have money, then you gotta have the numbers done. You gotta have the the pro forma, which is like a breakdown of the property. You gotta bring value. You gotta bring a ton of value. You gotta have a good price on the property with the seller. You gotta have already done the negotiations, the follow up. Because why would calls. they go through? you why would they go they have a guy they have a guy already exactly and something that you mentioned is just like possibilities which i kind of like the possibility of making money the possibility in that next five years you can be driving the rolls royce or whatever it is what were your numbers really looking like what are some of your best months like how much have you made in like a month 
yeah. in, in wholesaling. Yeah. So the most money I ever made in a day was 55000 And the most money I ever made in a month was just shy of one hundred and fifty. I think it was like $143,000. 143000 Yeah, in a month. In a month. Mm-hmm. And, and that's all from wholesaling deals. Yeah, only wholesaling. Strictly. That's all I do. Strictly so you're, wholesale. you're f- completely focused on that. And that's, do you think that contributes a lot to the fast growth and the success, of course, huh? Of course. Yeah. It, it, it's the main reason because I'm not like a genius or anything. I'm not smarter than the next guy. It's just, I'm fully committed to this. Whereas you're trying to do Airbnbs and wholesaling and you're trying to start your side gig that, you know, you're doing X, Y, and Z and you got a, you got a part-time job. Like I'm not doing all that. I, I'm fully 100,000% committed to this business. I literally even deals that I want to buy myself i've taken myself out of the equation to be that committed to my business i want to provide my investors with the best deals so yeah so like i i've done in one day i had a i had a deal come in and and someone called me and was like hey man this house is is messed up like it's got really bad foundation issues and um you know i know you're the guy so find me a buyer for it i was like cool Mm -hmm. two hours later i called him and i offered him price he accepted without hesitation because he made fifty thousand on it and then i called the buyer and sold it to him and then i, I made another fifty thousand so man. there was actually a hundred thousand dollar assignment fee that was in that deal and we split it man and i didn't have to it was in one day i uh-huh. went and called i literally found because that deal was going to take someone with a lot of money i literally looked in one of the richest cities in my area mm-hmm. and called the um like insurance mortgage and real estate companies and it was an insurance guy that bought it. Mm-hmm. And um, like people were just like hot. He was like, how much did you sell that house for? And I was like, I told him the number. And he was like, you know what we got it for? I was like, what? He's like, we had it. We had it for two cents. You made us 50 grand and you made another 50 grand. I was like, yeah. And he was like blown away. And he's been in the business like 10 years. Damn. And he was like blown away by that. And then like, so I do that a lot now. I do. I, a lot of people from out of state will be doing deals in Michigan, but they don't have buyers. They just know how to get deals from sellers. So they'll do all the all the hard work, getting the deal, marketing, spending their money, and they bring me the deal. And I just bring them a buyer, and that side of my business has gone to over thirty thousand dollars a month consistently. Like, and that's on the low end. Like we've, I've, the there's if I if I'm focused more on that side of the business, we've done fifty thousand easily in a month. Yeah, like that's like a walk in the park to do fifty thousand these days. Like we, we do at least on the JV side now because like we've just recently gotten more committed back into that. We, 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 we go back and forth. There's like for all those that don't understand what I'm saying, let me break it down. There's the acquisition side of the business. And that's getting the property under contract. Through the seller. Yep. Uh-huh. You get the property under contract with the seller and then you go find a buyer. That's a two-step process. So your job's not done when you get the contract signed with the seller. You now have another job is to go sell that deal. Yeah, you just earned a job. You, when you earned got a it. job. You you literally earned a job. It's a great way of putting it. And so when you do that, uh-huh. you go and sell this deal. Now you, that takes a lot of time to do right. both. You know, you're negotiating with the seller, then you got to negotiate with buyers, and you got to hold showings, and some people want to do inspections, and so it gets, it gets to the point where it get, you know it gets daunting, and and it's a slow burn on the acquisition side. It's it, there's money in it. There's real uh-huh. money in it, but there's it's a very slow burn. So you're following up with people. You got to think about it. How often is someone just gonna be like, "Yeah, take my house for less than what it's worth"? Not here, take my house uh, for, for here, have it. Yeah, here, take it. Yeah, whatever, whatever price you give me is fine. I don't care. It's the most important asset someone's ever going to own for most yeah. people. So it's like it's not really going to happen. Every seller I talk to asks for Zillow price. Every seller I talk to asks for full retail price, whether their house is in decent condition or bad. And it's just because of lack of education. Someone who sees their house and they're just like, "It's fine. There's nothing wrong with it." Well, 
to you, there's nothing wrong with it because you've been you have an emotional for 10 years. connection. Exactly. And it's fine. And, and, and here's the thing that it's a huge like disparity between the buyers and sellers, especially is when someone goes in and they see the house and it is fine. It, when I say fine, it, it's not falling apart. Yeah. It's just outdated. But what the seller doesn't understand is in order for me to make the money, I have to change all that stuff out anyways. So your floors aren't bad. But they're super old, and I can't get I can't max value. get max value with those floors. So in your mind, those floors are fine, but in my mind, I, I'm, I'm, that's fifteen thousand. Yeah, I gotta spend. That's an expense. Exactly. And then they don't understand. Oh, maybe it needs a coat of paint. You hear every seller say, "Oh, maybe it needs a coat of paint." Well, I gotta change all your carpets. I gotta change all your flooring. I gotta paint the whole house. The drywall is bad. I gotta redo a lot of the drywall. I gotta redo your roof. Oh, there's no leaks. Yeah, but there's no leaks. But when I sell this house to someone, they're gonna look at that roof and say, "Hey." How old is this roof? When they get the is inspection, it last when they get the inspection done after they, the inspection, yeah, it's you know what I mean. So yeah, there's a lot of there's a huge education process that needs to go down, and that just takes a lot of time with the acquisition side, which it is a very profitable business, but it's a, a business that almost is it's almost as if it's an investment vehicle because you you got to put a lot of money into ad spend, you got to put to make real money out of it. You can do a deal and get yourself going. I funded it all through my own, my own like doing deals for free then buying a little bit, getting small deals done. And then those small deals grew into bigger ones and then more. And then I kept reinvesting, reinvesting, reinvesting. And then it grew. But the JV side of the business. Joint venture. Joint, sorry. Yeah. The joint venture um, side of the business. I'm so used to having these conversations with yeah, people yeah. in my industry. Yeah. These, no one, not many people really know. So I'm yeah. just trying to make it clear for the listeners. Yeah. So the joint venture side of the business is where other people, agents, wholesalers, whatever, are sending you deals and your job is just to go find them a buyer. So when I when I the beauty of that is when you're in the business for a while, you get to kind of like step back and analyze what it is that you're what it is that's going on, right? Uh -huh. So you're like, okay, other people have this problem too. Other people have the problem that it's hard to get deals under contract with sellers. So they're gonna spend the majority of their time doing that. They're not gonna have time or effort to, to find the buyers as much as they would right. to get to get the deal under contract they bring it to you and now you already have deals in that you already have buyers in that market. So you go and find a buyer. It's a lot easier. And you sometimes, I mean, my biggest deals are all J we're all joint ventures. Like, like my acquisition deals are, are really good. You can make, we make an acquisition is when you get it on your own. Yeah. From the seller. Uh -huh. those, those are like uh, my average deal in Michigan is 15,000 average deal in Florida is like 25, mm -hmm. uh, 20 to 25. Um, but I've done larger deals uh -huh. in both, in both markets. But yeah, so it, I can make 15,000 on this acquisition deal. That's going to take me all this time. Or I can make five to 15 on this joint venture deal. Uh -huh. And it takes me a day. And like, so I've gotten to the point in my, my, you know, my business where we're doing like four or five, three, three to five deals a week, which anyone that's in real estate knows that's an insane number. That's like, crazy. Yeah. Three to five deals a month would be, would be very successful. Yeah. Yeah. That's high level. Now, do you have like a course or a program, anything like that, where people can get mentorship from you? No, I, I, Cause I know your focus. Yeah. I know your focus. But how can we? Because obviously you know what you're talking about. How can I learn more from? I, I will be somebody uh, like you. I will be doing a course at some point. I haven't decided what form I'm gonna make it into, but I'm gonna be doing a course at some point, uh, if not a mentorship or a mastermind, something like that, where. I'm going to, it's going to blow up everything. Cause like I'm, I'm literally going to give the absolute gems of the business, like the absolute secrets. For people that really want to get into it. Yeah, really like make stuff money. I said on this podcast are, are worth more than some masterminds. Yeah, yeah. A lot of courses. Yeah. yeah. For real. It is. For real. And, um, yeah. So 
I, I will end up doing that at some point. Yeah, for sure. Um, how long are we going on this? Uh, we, I mean, we can we can still go. Okay, cool. Um, and break down because maybe like another fifteen twenty. Okay, cool. Uh, I did want to talk about. Um, or I, you got something else that you want to bring up? No, go ahead. Okay, cool. So I did want to talk about like what the, um, in my talking points in my hotel room today, I was like putting some stuff on paper and uh-huh. one of the things I did want to talk about because a lot of people, uh, either jump into mortgages or real estate beca- uh-huh. uh, agent because they think that those are the only two options. Yeah. I, I was an agent when I was 18. Right. Okay, cool. So, um, what experience did you have as an agent? Did you, did, was it like, did you find it hard? It was difficult, man. I was doing... 50 to 100 doors. <clears throat> I was coming in at like seven doing the for sale by owners okay. expired. Mm-hmm. Listen, it was pretty difficult, but after like four months, I didn't get anything. All right. And then I got into the credit business after and then I started doing well with it. Good. Yeah. So for all the people that are interested in real estate uh-huh. and, you know, I feel like so many people and I know it's true because I've seen it in my, in my not just my community, but just anyone that reaches out to me. I do get a lot of people that reach out and ask me to mentor or, or yeah, coach them. I'm sure or, because or, you, got, you got the proof. Yeah. And, and so, you know, I do get a lot of people in my hometown that ask that and people outside, you know, from, uh-huh. from, from, from social media that ask those questions. Um, my biggest thing is like people, a lot of people don't want it as bad as they think that they do. And when I, what I mean by that is like, you want to make $15,000. You don't want to make 5,000 cold calls. You don't want to make 150 cold calls a day. Like you just want to make the money. So, it, when you see like Facts. it's so romanticized on social media like business you know uh, uh sales real estate whatever it is and i feel like a lot of people think like and i see it all the time where people they get their real estate license they post their headshot and they're smiling and then they're like fresh suit yeah fresh suit from they, H&M. they just uh-huh. they're, they're just excited to slick their hair back and shake hands and wear a suit you know what i mean and that's not what the business is about when all. you Schooling. get in Exactly. Like when you get in, your job is to bring value to whoever, sellers, buyers, whatever. So if you're an agent, I highly advise agents stop the lazy marketing. And what I mean by that is you posting a picture saying, contact me for your real estate needs is very generic and it's very lazy. Wow. And agents need to stop doing that. No, they, I, I think they should take a more direct dis- direct response approach like – uh, Five things you need to know before purchasing a house. Yeah. Get get this free guide or something along those lines. Th- those do help. just contact me. Yeah, I feel like there's no there's no value proposition. Yeah, there's there's that, no like there's, why why right why should why? I contact call you? me for all your real estate needs? Got to have a compelling reason for somebody to do something right now. Exactly, and and I think that when you get in as an agent or or a mortgage bank, whatever it is in real estate or or honestly business in general. Find uh-huh. what's the quickest way to bring value to someone ahead of you. Find the quickest way. Find there's no money in easy. So stop posting. Contact me for real estate. That's lazy. That's easy. There's no money in easy. There's money in the hard stuff that nobody else wants to do. I if real estate investors call it someone that owns a business and just wants to invest in real estate passively, those people they don't want to make the cold calls. They don't want to make 5,000 calls. They don't want to set up an, a wholesale business to fund their flipping business or or to, to find them rentals and stuff. They just want to buy it, right? They just want to buy it and move on. Make a post or... Exactly. I mean, not make a post, but right. p- cut the check. Yeah, cut the check and, and move on. And so your job is to eliminate everything in between. Your job is to find the deal, do become an expert in lead generation. When, when people get into real estate, especially any sales business, really, they think that their job is to, you know become a real estate expert or become 
you know, an expert in their field uh, or an expert like salesy guy or or, an, yeah. or, or or like slick your hair back and smile and look the best and have the best suit and all HGTV. that. HGTV. Yeah, I promise you it's not going to get you. Like building a skill like lead generation, one of the most profitable skills you could ever learn. Ever. Ever. It, it might be it, it might be the most you know it, literally because what are all the largest companies what else do they need what else do they, they run their they business sell on? information sell information and so lead generation is a, is a high high level skill that like agents wholesalers any any person in the sales industry should learn and th- uh-huh. that's like focusing on skills like that or if you're just able you're really good at sales you're able to get on the phone and lock up deals those are high level skills as opposed to you just thinking that people are going to you know, do business with you because you, you are an agent now or, or people, I see it all the time where they're like, you know, it's an accomplishment for them to get their license and it's an accomplishment for them to like, to like get into a brokerage. That's your license to play the game. You have not accomplished anything yet. So like this whole, there's like a very, uh, like, there's like a very celebratory almost culture where we're all like, you know, happy for each other and pushing each other, pushing positivity. And that's great. But like, there comes a this time. This is just your ticket to get in. This is just your ticket to play. You haven't accomplished anything. Yeah. Like you, you, you know what I mean. So like that's like celebrating every single small win. I think is is detrimental to you because you need to to almost be hard on yourself. Let other people celebrate you. Be hard on yourself. That's you know what I, I mean. That's yeah, I you have to because like it's you celebrating every single thing, single thing you do. It's putting in your mind every time you do that. You're putting in your mind. I've accomplished something. I've accomplished something. I've accomplished something. You do five small mini accomplishments, you feel like a very successful person as opposed to you doing one major accomplishment and that, or, or you doing several major accomplishments and you don't even acknowledge them. You just keep, you just got your head down grinding, grinding, grinding. You end up at a place way further ahead because you haven't even looked up. You haven't even looked up to realize what you've done yet. And, and that gets you to, that's really what kind of gets you to the next level. That's what gives you that momentum. Yeah, absolutely. so I would say like for people that are like as an agent, the difference between an agent and a wholesaler. F- so real quick, I just want to touch on this. Yeah, go ahead. As an and agent, then we'll wrap it up from there. Cool. As an, uh, the difference, between, I just want to talk about really quick the difference between wholesalers and agents. The reason why I chose it, and I think you can be successful as an agent. You can be successful if you if you're getting into luxury and you make that your your target, and, and you're selling really luxury uh-huh. homes. But most people don't pick a niche and they just kind of like whatever comes their way. So you see a lot of people saying like anything, uh, call me for real estate needs, residential or commercial, call me. I won't call that guy because he's not the expert in either. He's doing residential commercial. He's not the, I want the commercial expert. I want the residential expert. And I know who those guys are in my hometown. So I'm not going to go to the guy that says they do anything. They, they do anything because they want anything. They want anything to fall into their lap. They just want to deal falling into their lap. Mm. If you're a, if so you can make money by picking a niche, but I even have a niche for my credit business. Exactly. I even have, I help people buy a car as fast as possible. Exactly. 60 to 90 days. Exactly. So that's like a niche. You're, you're focused on people looking to get a car. Cause they're, that's like the most important thing that credit is for. Right. Yeah. And that in a house, but like there's actually more ways to get around it with the house and there's a car sometimes. So, right. um, when, when you look at the, the differences, you're the, the biggest difference I would say is that you're, you're doing the same work almost essentially uh-huh. in wholesaling. You don't represent anyone. So you're not on the hook for anyone. You're not representing anybody as, as an, as an agent. You're almost like you're the representative, right? You're not representing anybody in the transaction to the seller. You are the buyer to the buyer. You are the seller, but you're the middleman. You're representing yourself only. Yeah, you are. You're in the middle. And then 
to to make ten, let's call it ten thousand dollars, is like the, the first track goal. So like that's everyone's yeah, so everyone's that's first goal wants to hit is that ten thousand on your on a, in one track. As an agent, you have to sell a three hundred to three hundred fifty thousand dollars house to get that, mm-hmm. right? And then you have to split it eighty twenty minimum. That's like the lowest split you'll see for a decent with, broker with your broker. Then you have a compliance fee um, that you know you could charge it to the seller, but sometimes you pay it. And um, so after all that, you're making a little bit less than ten thousand. But let's say you made the whole ten thousand. That's three hundred fifty thousand dollars house. How hard is it to convince someone to list their house with you as an agent than it is when they have you know, a bunch of other people in their family, people that they know that they probably have another agent because the barrier. I know to, someone. Exactly. So as a wholesaler, you only have to get a, a, a house under contract. You can get a house under contract for 10 grand, sell it for 20 and you made 10 grand. You're not tied to a 3%. Mm-hmm. You're not tied to anything. You're just keeping the entire spread for yourself. I'll say that's one of the biggest cheat codes and like in wholesaling is like it, when you're picking a career path, like the biggest difference is that. And then also like wholesaling focuses you to be it like really makes you become a lead generation like expert. You have to do it. If you're going to be in it long-term, you have to focus on lead generation because as an yeah. agent, you know, you can do social media, you can do, do X, Y, and Z and you can with wholesaling, but it's like, it's more so a very data heavy business. Yeah. So I'd say that's one of like the biggest things is like the differences is you're not tied to a percentage. So uh-huh. you can theoretically get as wealthy as you want. So like if you're doing apartment deals, and you're an agent and you, you focus on multifamily and commercial and you're, you're good at listing them, you're getting your 3%, whatever, I'd say you stop now and learn how to do like wholesaling them. Like you can syndicate deals where you get a portion of it instead of you getting a 3% and staying out of the deal. You could even forfeit your fee and get a percentage of that deal. So if you're selling a property for let's say $3 million and it's it's a deal that's gonna you know have a lot of tenants and let's say it's a 20 unit, 30 unit building, uh-huh you can forfeit your fee and you can present it at, let's say $3 million and then come back and say, Hey, I'll do it for 2.8 or 2.7, but Uh I want 10% of the rental income. You can structure deals that way. There's so many ways that you can go about it. As an agent, you can't because you're representing someone. Yeah. So you have a fiduciary responsibility to them to get them the highest price and, and that's it. And you're getting your commission as an age, as a wholesaler or however you want to phrase it. But as, as the middleman, as the wholesaler, you can structure that, multiple different ways yeah because you, you don't know have what that mean? fiduciary to them man this yeah this was a super valuable episode man thank you dude i really appreciate you coming on of where, where can everyone me. find your company your instagram all that kind of stuff yeah my company is rapidhomeoffers.com and then my you guys uh, have a website for it? Yeah, yeah we're gonna link everything down below guys awesome yeah and then uh my instagram is detroit home buyers with an s at the end detroit uh-huh. home buyers yeah cool and that's yeah. that's everywhere we can find you that's where you can find me now um other than my Snapchat, but yeah, that's, that's the only place you find me now. Uh, okay, I will cool, be releasing cool, cool. a course at some point. Um, I'm just going to drum up a social yeah. media following. Yeah, let me first. know, let me know when it, uh, when it does drop oh, you'll and, be then, uh, yeah. and then we'll, we'll link it. We'll get an affiliate link going or whatever. For sure. Oh, so, for sure. so some of the listeners can get it, but I appreciate you coming on, man. Thanks a lot, man. That's going to be it for this episode, guys. I appreciate you guys being here and I'll see you on the next episode. Peace.